Hey guys, welcome to the One Delightful Podcast. Where we believe life should be simple. But awesome. I'm Katie. And I'm Philip. And we invite you to join us on a journey as we try to start a new business and grow our family. While trying to clear through the clutter of life to create space for what really matters. And trust us, if we can do it, anyone can do it. On today's show, we're going to check in with what's the word. We're going to continue our discussion about how it went prioritizing our priorities and our main topic, fall, the new New Year's. I'm going to lead a discussion on should we get an RV slash camper and renovate it? I don't know the answer to that, but we are going to end with what do you recommend? Today's show is sponsored by One Delightful Shop and the new fall launch that is live right now. Katie, what are you excited about in the new launch? Well, gosh, so many things, Philip. I think one of my favorite pieces that hasn't sold out already is the Berkshire top. Ooh, tell me more. It's almost like a sweater. It's a light, nice mid-weight material, and you knot it at the bottom. It's really cute, and the sizing's somewhat flexible. So that's a little plug for the Berkshire top. Yeah, so make sure and hop over to OneDelightfulShop.com right now to make sure you get the piece that you want before they sell out. And as a little bonus for our listeners, if you would subscribe and give us a review and a rating, screenshot that, send it to OneDelightfulShop at gmail.com and we will send you back a coupon code for the shop. So Katie, what's the word? Okay, so my word this week is travel. You just nodded. I will tell you more. So this weekend we had a trip, right? Right. For Philip's work. And it's, I mean, it's a really fun trip. It's to a beautiful camp, a Young Life camp in the Adirondacks called Saranac. So it's gorgeous. The Adirondacks are really beautiful this time of year. And it's somewhat of a tradition, like right before school starts, we go to this camp. It's a beautiful place. Our kids love it. And there's absolutely nothing that you could complain about about it, right? I mean, of course, there's always things you could complain about. I mean, we did stay in a cabin like with the kids on bunk beds. <laughs> no, I was trying to tee you up because the point is that you have something to complain about well, about it. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say, I just think travel is hard. And I think it's because for me, the packing piece stresses me out because I pack for myself and the two kids. And then I'm also thinking about the random things that we both might want, like a snack or melatonin or ibuprofen. Some essential oils for you to rub on my temples. Essential oil. So I feel like I don't like not being home and missing out on some of my favorite comforts at home. Like what? Oh my gosh, Philip, so many things. <laughs> I mean, you know. Your foot bath. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> slippers. Um, Epsom salt for a nice tub. Well, you know, it's like if you're traveling and you don't pack your raincoat and you're like, well, if I was home, I'd have my raincoat or mm -hmm. my umbrella. And you're like, oh, just 
getting wet. I know. And it's for me, I'm always afraid, should I bring my clogs? Because you never know when you're going to need some good clogs for Norwegian dancing. (laughs) Yes. So I don't know. I just, my word is travel. We traveled this weekend and I feel like the house kind of explodes getting ready and then it explodes when we get back. But at the same time, I love travel. So I think that it might be a topic we need to talk about in the future. Yeah. I feel like that's something that if it were simplified, it were just easy to get out the door and easy to get back inside the door. Mm -hmm. That would make life a lot easier. Yes. So tell me, Philip, what is your word? Oh, my word this week. I've got a good one. And this is sort of like by way of a life update on us. My word this week is mare. Okay, babe. Like the horse? (laughs) No, not like the horse, although I wasn't thinking about that. Mare's an acronym. Uh, I'm going to say no more acronyms as as words of the week. (laughs) What are we, in the military or something? Um, no, Mayor is the Massachusetts Adoption Resource Exchange. I'm th- impressed that you looked it up. I'm not 100% sure that that's what it stands for, but that sounds pretty official and gets the main point across. So we officially, as of a couple weeks ago, it's been a really long process, but are officially on the list to be adoptive parents. And when you get put on the list to be an adoptive parent um, with the state of Massachusetts, you get access to this website that basically just has like a catalog of kids who are potentially ready to be adopted. And it's really interesting just looking through a set of like 100 pictures of kids that you have to think, would this kid be a good fit for our family or not? I don't know. It's just an interesting thing, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And as we're recording the podcast, our daughter is yelling in the background, but we will carry on because this is important. (laughs) Wow. But anyway, so we're on this website now, and I feel like I'm saying it because it feels like it sort of has gotten real this week, where this could be a reality any time now. So my word this week is mayor. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have some exciting updates on that. Sometime in the next year to two years. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year! Were you brainstorming that intro? I've been thinking, how could I start this podcast topic? And that's as good as I could do. It was great. It is New Year, right? I mean, sort of. Wait, so it's not New Year's? (laughs) I mean... Are you trying to let me down easy because it's our anniversary? (laughs) It's not January 1, but I do feel like the fall presents a fresh start. I think so. And there's a lot of stuff that's starting. Yeah. School. Work sort of picks back up. The fiscal year. Oh, the fiscal year. I love the fiscal year. (laughs) A new season. But we've been thinking a lot about simplifying our life um, and how to make life feel less overwhelming. Because I don't know about you, but life feels incredibly overwhelming for us a lot of the time. And fall feels like a time of fresh starts, right? Yeah, it does. You could buy a new calendar. <laughs> you could buy a new car. I don't know if you're real laughing at me or fake laughing at me. I know. It's sort of hard to tell, isn't it? <laughs> you teed me up for that one. But we have decided we want this fall to be different than other falls. I feel like normal for us is typically felt almost like a New Year's, which is why we said that where like at the beginning of the fall, you set a bunch of goals for how you want this year to be different than any other year. But then by about September 10th, 
life just feels overwhelming and you feel like a train wreck. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking about what might it look like or is there something we could do to simplify things, to make room for what's important, to set small goals that maybe we can actually achieve to create the life more like we want it, more like the life we want to have um, than the life we feel like we typically have in the fall. So on a previous podcast, not the one right before this, but the one right before that, we talked about the idea of prioritizing our priorities, which sounds like just a fun tongue twister. Um, but our thinking... What a fun tongue twister. <laughs> I know. I had a lot of fun with that wordplay. <laughs> but the idea is we all say what our priorities are, are, or you can think of them fairly quickly. They're, you know, like kind of, I would say if it's your priority, it's kind of second nature to who you are. But then a lot of times if we look at our schedule, you don't find our priorities plugged in there. Right. I thought about it like sort of like the big F's, faith, family, friends, Fridays. Fridays, TGIF, which is coming back. Fried food. <laughs> Fondue. Yeah. So what we what we presented on this previous podcast is what are your priorities and are they represented in your schedule? And we said we were going to look at our own priorities and do the same. So we made a worksheet to start the conversation that you can find and we'll put a link to it. But... I would say it did take us 2.5 weeks to even find time to talk about our priorities. That's right. We did. So we really have been thinking critically about how we want our life to be different. And we do feel like one of the things that has typically happened is the stuff that we have to do or feel obligated to do is the stuff that makes it into our schedule. But a lot of times the stuff that we feel like is most important doesn't make it in or get squeezed out because we're too tired or too overwhelmed to make time for it. And so we were like, okay, what could we do this fall to change that? And so it starts for us with determining what our priorities are. Um, and then instead of just leaving it the chance that we would not just say it's important and then not put it in our calendar, we want to actually set goals that move the ball forward, that like help us to make our priorities a priority. Yes. So with the fall being a fresh start, I feel like sometimes you might look pie in the sky and think, oh, everything's going to be different, but you really can't change everything. And I think we've already found that to be true. So what our plan for our lives and what our suggestion is, is to take three or less priorities and form goals related to that that you can actually put into your schedule and that doesn't mean the other things are not important but it's just not possible to make a million changes so you'll want to make sure and go on to our um, principles library where katie's made a really cool sheet that was actually really helpful for us that'll guide you through this process but basically it starts with making a list of what all your priorities are and then not trying to set a goal for each one, how you want to make it a priority this fall, but just picking out three that you feel like, man, if stuff could change in these categories in our life, then our life would be a lot more like we want it to look. And then just set one small goal in each of those. Because I know I've done this before, set a ton of goals, think that, oh man, I'm going to make 
a hundred changes and my life is going to go from zero to awesome by, you know, October. And then I make like a half a change and then I miss three weeks of meeting goals and everything goes out the window and life goes back to normal. You feel like a new imaginary person when you think about the fall. (laughs) What do you mean? I feel like you're like, ooh, my imaginary self that I'm looking forward to is going to be awesome when I make all these changes. I don't know why, but when I think about my imaginary self, his name is Geraldo. Oh, that's weird. I know. I don't have a laugh to go with that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it was like kind of funny, but okay. So... It took us two and a half weeks to get to the point where we actually made time for and weren't too tired to have the conversation. It was in a car ride. Um, But we went through the worksheet and I didn't know how it was going to go, but it ended up being really helpful. And I'm pretty excited about the things that we've decided to do for the fall. Um, So maybe we could sort of walk everybody through what our process was Um, And where we landed, and maybe that could be sort of helpful to if other people wanted to do the same kind of thing. So, as we said, we brain dumped our priorities together. And there were a lot of them. We have so many priorities. We have, like, I don't want to brag, but we might have (laughs) upwards of a dozen, maybe even a baker's dozen priorities. So, anyways... Yeah, so we together kind of talked through I mean, I'm what... sorry if you might only have like five to six priorities when we have 12 to 13, but, you know, maybe someday you'll have your own podcast and have 12 to 13 priorities. Yes. So what I suggested on the worksheet was you can underline or, you know, do whatever you want, but there's some that may be on your list that you're actually doing which is great. You may not need to set a goal with that because it may be something that's already actively in your schedule. So we had a couple of those that I honestly thought would be things that we needed to set goals for, but maybe it was just when we compared them with the places that we feel like utter failures. It was like, eh, that's not perfect, but we're actually like doing okay in that. Yeah. Like I thought that faith would probably be something that we'd set a goal in because that's really important to us. But as we looked at the last year, again, we're definitely not perfect, but I felt like compared with where we were three years ago, huh, we're actually doing okay with that one. We have like a life group that we're a part of. We go to church regularly. We read inspiring stuff to our kids and we're doing okay. So, you know, again, it's not perfect, but that ended up being something that we didn't feel like we needed to focus on as like one of our big three this fall. Yeah, especially because I feel like we had physical things in our calendar that were already going to help make that priority so a priority. True. Because really, we have found that if it doesn't go in the calendar, it's probably not going to happen because it's going to get squeezed out by right. other stuff. And I mean, that does bring up the point that you could have something that you're saying this is a priority and there's a calendar thing, but there's like not heart behind it. And maybe that's an issue. But with with that example, we felt like, okay, we have some things in place that are helping to keep this a priority. So not every priority needs to be addressed. And you just can't, you don't have the bandwidth most likely to literally put all of these priorities in your prior in your calendar as like a new thing to put into practice yeah yeah so what we suggested is pick one to three and i say one to three because if you add one that is awesome yeah like if you made one small change in your life and carried it through for four months yeah 
your life would feel a lot different by the end of the fall. So I think a big takeaway for us is start small because I'd rather do one thing and be successful at it than try to do five things, get overwhelmed, and not do any of them. Right. So what did we pick? So we, made our, we made our list. So we made our list. We had a conversation about it, which was really helpful to just talk about this stuff because you don't just naturally talk about this a lot. Yeah. And so the big three that we decided we wanted to focus on this year was one, um, our personal health. Mm-hmm. Two, um, our family and technology. And three, um, simplicity in our lives. Yes. And so what I suggested was with each one kind of spelling out what you mean by that and then what is a goal that you could put with that that would be a tangible event in your calendar that you could start to schedule in. That's not so big that it'll take over. You know what I mean? Like something that's manageable. Right. Because the thought is if you do it a little bit at a time over time, that's going to end up making a big change. Yeah. So our goals definitely don't need to be your goals or our priorities that we're focusing on don't need to be your priorities. But just for fun, we'll tell you what we decided on. And maybe that could be a helpful guide as you sort of think through what you want to do. So our first one was our personal health. What did we decide we wanted to do? Okay, so we've mentioned it before, but Philip found this random kind of diet idea. It's paleo-ish. But the trick of this diet that's worked okay for us, or better than anything we've ever tried before, is you sort of go hard for six days, and then one day you do whatever you want to. Yeah. And you could still have two glasses of wine if you want to (laughs) during the week. Yeah, so... That's that felt has felt like not like whole 30 um, miserable, right? Yeah, and I think we both would like to be able to stick to something like that and have had a hard time doing it. So we want to focus on that and feel like this is possible for us. Yeah. So, so under personal health, health yeah. we're going to try to do this like cheat day diet. But then the other piece of it is we both have a goal of like going to the gym twice a week to do an intense workout. Okay. So and then there was family. That's right. And so for family, that's super broad, right? Right. Um, and we, and it's also something that could be hard to put something into your schedule. And we also had a hard time because we thought family was important, but also technology is something that we both feel like is a little bit out of control in our lives. And we feel like we want to have more in control. And we combine those two things together. So our family goal, maybe I'll say it and then you can explain it. Okay. Um, it's sort of combined with technology and the goal is we're going to try to be present with each other and do no tech from 3.30 to 5 and 7 to 9 each day and then no tech on Sundays. Yeah, and so that random block of time, I'm sure people would, you know, maybe have a different block of time that works for them. But we found for us, if we're both home, Judah gets off, our son gets off the bus at you know, whatever in the afternoon, we would like to be available and not zoned in on the phone during that time. And then Philip usually cooks dinner or gosh, have I cooked dinner in a long time? (laughs) You're an incredible chef when you decide to exercise those gifts. Okay. I used to cook dinner right now. Philip cooks dinner and then I usually have something to do like related to our shop. So I'll work on that while he's cooking dinner 
And then, and the kids, that's the one time we let them do like TV. Yeah. So the idea. And then we eat dinner. So we have a weird schedule where we work hard during the day and in the early morning. And then a lot of times we have stuff at night too. Um, So we have this gap in the afternoon. That's our time we can focus on our kids. And a lot of times what we end up doing is punting on that and be on our phones or on our email or something during Mm -hmm. that. So the thought was if we could do no tech 3.30 3.30 to 5, we get good kid time every day. And 7 to 9, we get good time with each other every day. And then one, like, Sabbath, you know, on Sunday, that's just a day where we sort of reset and rest, that that would be pretty huge for us. Yeah. Um, and what that helped us, what one thing that that reminded me of, at least, is I read this book um, in the la- maybe two years ago called The Power of Habit by Charles, I think DeHogue is how you say his last name, or Duhigg, and we can put a link to it in the show notes. But he talks about, it's a really interesting book, and he talks about this idea of keystone habits, and the idea is that there's some habits that if you put them into practice, they don't just change the thing you're trying to change in that habit, but they sort of have a cascading effect and could affect a lot of other things in your life. So for example, if you decide you want to wake up early in the morning, that could be a habit that could have an effect on a lot of other stuff. Because if I wake up early in the morning, I'll have time to start my day slowly, have a cup of coffee, make a good breakfast. Um, I might have time to do some like personal development kind of stuff, get a little bit of extra work done. But by getting up early, I actually end up doing a bunch of stuff that could be helpful to move the ball forward in my life. And we sort of think that that no tech time every day could be like a keystone habit in that if we do a good job of not doing any tech from 3.30 to 5, then that's going to mean we have an hour and a half where we're going to spend intentional time with our kids together as a family, talking, not watching something, and that it that one small change could actually have like a cascading effect of having a lot of positive benefits in our family. Our third priority that we picked to focus on was simplicity. Hashtag the simplicity experiment. That's right, which... We, we sort of started to do all this stuff because we wanted to declutter our life and make things more simple. And it's surprising how hard it is to keep focus on that, right? Even though it's what we're like trying to design your shop and a lot of the stuff we're doing with our business around. Yeah. So with that, to kind of keep that in the forefront of our minds, what we're thinking is... I thought of the... I, I would say I, because you, you, you wanted me to come up with like... I'm going to give away 10 things a week. I didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, I think I said <laughs> 75 things a week. I want to be uh, down to like owning three things by the end of the year. Okay. So what we came up with was to continue to move forward with decluttering one space a week. So we, I just went ahead and mapped out those things. And actually, one of them is we're going to cycle back to the bedroom in the closet because that was the place I started. But I just think maybe like seasonally it needs a little refresh. Mm-hmm. So that's our plan is we're going to and we set a time for that too. So with all of these, we tried to set like a time parameter. So it was something we could actually put into our calendar. So that's us. So the three priorities we have are personal health, family and tech and simplicity. And what we're going to try to do is do the cheat day diet and go to the Y twice a week. We're going to try to do no tech 3.30 to 5, 7 to 9 and Sundays. 
and we're going to try to declutter one small or large space a week. And man, if we could do all of those things, just like 75% between now and the end of the fall, I feel like that would be pretty amazing and make a big change. Our imaginary selves would be amazing. Geraldo will appear. (laughs) So if you're interested in what we're talking about, again, make sure that you get onto our email list, which we'll put a link to here so that you can get the password to get into the printables library where you can download the cheat sheet on prioritizing your priorities. And we'd love to hear what are your priorities and what are the small goals that you're going to put into practice to put them into practice this fall. So this is the point in the podcast where we usually play a fun game. Right, Philip? That's correct. But this week I suggested that instead of playing a fun game, we have a lively discussion on whether we should buy a camper slash RV slash trailer and fix it up or not. I wish we could just do hum that hook again. So I think I actually, full disclosure, have started to win Philip over to my side, but Let's just go ahead and talk this through. Okay, that's fine. So you think that because we're airbnb our house soon and we need a place to stay, and really I think even if if we weren't airbnb our house, you have a fascination with these blogs of people who buy old Airstream campers and fix them up. Yes. And so you want to do that. Yeah, loosely. I'm not like 100% even committed but it's kind of like I want to win you over to my side. You think that it could be something that is both fun for our family, even though you hate camping more than any person I've ever met in my life. As do you. (laughs) And you don't like being confined to small spaces in the winter. And I'm scared of a lot of stuff. So you think, I think you think it would be fun for us, but you also think that this could potentially be a business where we renovate, renovate these things and then turn them around for a profit. Well, maybe, I mean, I don't know if we're a little bit late to the game as in a lot of people are doing this already. So here are my issues with this because you've been pretty high on it. I understand the Airbnb thing. If we Airbnb our house, we're in a good location. We think we could do all right on Airbnb. So if we have a camper, then that's where we could stay. Right. That logically makes sense to me. Okay. So that's the part where I'm like, okay, maybe we'll consider this. But one, a camper is a depreciating asset. Okay, Dave Ramsey. It's something that's going down in value. So I don't know if you want to stake a business on doing that. And I don't even know if you actually could like make money reselling these campers. Right. Second... Can you explain to the fine people who are listening to this podcast how you felt when I started to renovate our bathroom? (laughs) Well, I felt hopeful at first. And then? And joyful with the project that was coming. And then? Six hours later? Well, we hit some major roadblocks, and that was right before Christmas. But I feel like the thing with the camper, at least in theory... No, 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 no. I think we need to explore this a little bit more. So So when we do home renovation projects, how do you feel about me? Well, what usually happens is I come up with a design plan, and we feel great about it, and life is just status quo, and then... You start working on the project and the project takes over and I suddenly hate life and you for 
taking all this time to work on this thing. Okay, you're just sort of glossing over this. You suddenly hate life and you hate me yes. as we were walking through these projects. Right. So, But then when it's over, it's all forgotten. And I can just enjoy my newly tiled floor. So I think you have in your head that we buy this camper and ta-da, just all of a sudden it's renovated. But I think it's going to take a lot of work to do it. Yeah, so I see that side of it, but I do feel like, at least in my mind, it's a project outside of the house. So you would be working on it outside this fall when it's like somewhat nice out and I wouldn't have to actually have my own life Okay, so interrupted. You don't like camping. Right. You hate life whenever we do any sort of renovation. Yeah, but I love it when it's done. It's just temporary. And, and we've never driven a camper before. I like, know, I don't even know how I get, how to pull it behind a car. Okay. So those are my, those are my main reservations. Those are your tell, beefs. Tell the people why we should buy a camper. Well, first of all, I said I was leading a lively discussion and you really just hacked it and took it over. I just, I don't know. I spoke what was on my heart. Okay. So I'm really bad at remembering all my different points. But I feel like it's a project outside of the house. We have talked about the two of us, Katie and Philip, both love like real estate and house stuff, right? Right. When I was a little girl. Depreciating asset. Continue. When I was a little girl, I would draw house plans for fun. Is that normal? Um, it depends on how archi- architecturally accurate they were. <laughs> I don't think they were, but I really have always loved like house stuff. And it's just kind of been like a side hobby thing that we've done. And now we're starting to Airbnb our house and we have considered kind of getting into real estate, buying, fixing up houses stuff because now this is our third house that we have fixed up, right? Yeah, so you're saying this could be a small step so, to test the waters. Yes, and so my asset. hate camping. Okay, my argument for a camper, not an RV, because even though an RV is easier to say, I don't think we want to have to deal with like the engine and all that. And I think here's here would be an issue for me with that. Go ahead. Do you this know? Is how it works. Okay, it just I, interrupts me. I owned a motorcycle in college, and when you drive a motorcycle, whenever you see any other motorcycles on the road, you've got to put your hand out and wave. It's like motorcyclemen's code. And I feel like with RV, it's the same thing. You got to give them like a, a toot of the horn and the tip of the hat. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm it's into like that. Jeeps. I don't know if I'm into that subculture. And Do I feel like with Jeeps a camper. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I have to consider Philip that. I might have to get a tank top and frosted tip <laughs> so I could do it. So now you totally derailed my point. So camper. Yes. Experiment so on renovating a place. A camper is a very, compared to buying a house, right? Right. Especially where we live, where buying houses are like, our, we live in a expensive real estate part of the country. This could be a fun little microcosm. To try for fun. And it would give us a place to stay when we are renting out our house. Which I think is a good point. these fine people listening to this podcast could even potentially rent our our camper in the spring. Maybe that's what this is an advertisement for. 
So next week, rent our camper or while we're Airbnb in our house, we'll buy the drinks if you let us use your electricity to (laughs) plug a camper in. (laughs) Oh, geez. So, So, gosh, is there anything else to it? No, but I argued my point. I think you've argued your point, although I think I've I've argued some pretty fine points myself. Yeah, but we in just a little bit of digging online of campers on like Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, I found that it seems like you can get a camper in decent condition, like good working condition for around $3,000. That's not bad. It's not that bad. For a tiny house, For a tiny house. And then, which it's interesting how tiny houses all the, are all the rage when you could just buy a camper. Well, that's essentially what a tiny house is, except it's bigger. Is it? I don't know. Okay. Well, we're not going to get a mega one because Philip's scared of driving it, which I'm I hear that argument, driving. but I would also argue that you're good at stuff like that. And you've driven, you drive a Tahoe. You've driven like a yacht. Mo- you've driven a moving truck. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we want to know what you think. Yeah, are we crazy? Because when we started this kind of new shop, I had joked we're buying a RV or something like that, and now we're seriously having this discussion. But maybe it's because it really was my deep-seated dream. Maybe it was a sign. Yeah. And now it's time for What Do You Recommend, where we make a recommendation of something we like in the world that we recommend to you. Okay, so this week my recommendation is a little bit shady. It is The Bachelor in Paradise. Hmm. So The Bachelor in Paradise is the end cap. I don't even know what kind of word. It's the... It's the icing on the cake of the year of Bachelor. It's the encore. It's the encore. So they take just the most interesting guests from the Bachelor and Bachelorette over the past few years, and they just, you know, date, and it's funny. If you want a part-time job that doesn't pay at all, you can should start watching this show. And I'll say, though, it is so shady. And I don't know if I'm supportive of the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise because of what it communicates about relationships. Right. But it is so entertaining. And I watch every episode with you. I can't yeah. stomach The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Right. But Bachelor in Paradise is so funny. Yes. Like Leo, Angry Fabio oh last night. Oh my gosh, he flipped. <laughs> He said, I'm going to burn paradise to the ground. Yeah. And then he threw his drink at grocery store Joe. (laughs) One of Philip's little pipe dreams is to be an editor on The Bachelor slash Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) Because if you realize that you're not taking it super seriously, which clearly the producers aren't completely, they... There's just a lot of funny material to work Mm. with. And just to clarify, what I meant by a part-time job is it's four hours of television a week right now. And next week, isn't it six? Or is it three hours total or six? Oh, it might be per night. Yeah, you're right. And it's really funny. Guess we got to call off work (laughs) next week. It's very funny that it takes that long to watch all these shows. But, you know, it's fun. So that's my recommendation with a strong, like... Disclosure. Put your, put your kids to bed first. Put your kids to bed and don't judge me. Okay. Philip, 
What is your recommendation this week? Okay, I feel like after you gave that incredibly shady recommendation, I've got to provide something clean and wholesome for the people. So my recommendation is also a television program. And it's a television program that I would say we are equally, if not more passionate about than Bachelor in Paradise. And that television show is The Great British Baking Show. Yes, I think I found that one. Somebody on Facebook recommended it. I think you did. I mean, it's a it's a British show that airs on PBS, but then ends up on Netflix, and the fifth season just came out. Right, which we, we don't have access to. Because of PBS Passport. I'm not right. paying $5 a month extra <laughs> to get PBS Passport. To watch that, that one show. <laughs> to watch that one show. And A Chef's Life, another yeah. good show, but we can talk about that later. But The Great British Baking Show follows um, like 10 amateur British bakers who week by week bake a selection of like baked goods um, and then have two judges, a guy named Paul Hollywood, who is a middle-aged pastry chef who unbuttons a shirt like down to where you could see a lot of chest here. Right. And then an elderly baker named Mary something or other. But they are delightful British people that judge these amateur bakers. No one takes it like way too seriously. Um, and it is just light fun entertainment and I know how to laminate a puff pastry now the thing that's funny though is I just googled it Philip and I feel like people are not as excited about season five well those people are my least favorite people on the planet and if you like the great British baking show and enjoy binge watching these five seasons then you can try what was it the American version yes it comes on around Christmas which was sadly canceled because the American version of Paul Hollywood was a not just like sort of like sketchy looking but was an actual dirt ball who sexually harassed women in his restaurant so It was very sad. We watched like the first episode and they had started advertising the next one. We were looking forward to it. It was part of our Advent season (laughs) and then it was taken from us. So Johnny Uzzini or whatever that guy's name is, thank you for ruining part of Christmas for me. (laughs) But it was very sad. We highly recommend The Great British Baking Show. That's going to do it for this week's episode of One Delightful Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And if you want to find us on other places like Instagram, we are One Delightful Shop across all handles. OneDelightfulShop.com is our website. And we'd love to know, should we get a camper trailer? If you are curious about anything we talked about during the show today, make sure and check out the show notes. And we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on iTunes. And if you do that, make sure and take a screenshot of it and send it to Katie, OneDelightfulShop at gmail.com so that she can send you a coupon code uh, that you can use toward the awesome new stuff in One Delightful Shop's fall launch. All right, guys. I think that's it for this week. Have a great week. Have a great week.